0: The CPHI Podcast Series.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the CPHI Podcast Series. Today I'm speaking with Dominic Rocky of UrsaTech and we'll be discussing the 30th anniversary of UrsaTech in the provision of preservative free pharmaceuticals, medical devices and cosmetics. We'll be taking a look through the UrsaTech portfolio, the importance of safety and sustainability in their products and throughout the company and what the future holds for UrsaTech. Dominic is an industrial clerk by training, working in sales since 2015 throughout different industries. He joined Ursatech in August 2019, and there he's responsible for business development, sales and online marketing. He's also an integral part of the internal sustainability team, linking digitalization and sustainability in everyday tasks to evolve the business. He's connecting UrsaTech's departments to ensure a smooth processing of customer requests and incoming orders, and he's very passionate about all aspects of the business. So we're very lucky to speak to Dominic today. Thank you, Dominic, for joining me today. I will jump in with the first question. Could you please give us some background to UrsaTech and your driving philosophy?
0: First of all, thanks for having me. Great pleasure to be on the podcast here today. And I'd love to, to give you a bit of background on Ursatech and uh, the 30-year history that we are celebrating this year. So 1993, Ursatech started as a company being founded from three other German pharmaceutical companies. One is the big company Uzzafarm, also located in the little state of Saarland, where we are also located, another company called Aeropump and one company called Galplast. And these three companies decided to focus more on the subject of preservative-free pharmaceutical products. And already 30 years ago, they saw the big need to advance in that field and to provide people with sprayable solutions that could really benefit the, the consumer market. And uh, it ever so happens that the three companies also could function as the key suppliers for those products. So Urza Farm was the company with the filling capacities and the know-how on sterile filling. Aeropump is the company that produces extremely advanced and elaborate pump systems that are needed to do preservative-free products. And Garplast has the knowledge on the bottle technology. And those came together, founded UrzaTech in 1993. And from there we implemented the preservative-free technology in Europe, and we also brought the very first preservative-free nasal spray ever to be in the market. And then from there on, took lots of big pharmaceutical companies on board. And now the the topic of preservative-free has been more or less the standard, let's say, at least in Europe. And that is a big part due to our development, to our engagement in the markets, and to really spreading the idea of preservative-free within the big pharmaceutical companies.
1: Brilliant. So could you give a few more details about your specific products and the services that you provide?
0: The service and the products that we provide are basically put on three pillars that we can offer towards our customers. For sure, the whole idea behind it is to offer easy access and to preservative free technology and to enable people or enable our customers to go over their portfolio and identify potential aspects where they could either then go preservative free with a new product invention or where they could transfer an already existing product into a preservative free version. Around that, we have built something that we call the one source principle or the one source concept, meaning that UrsaTech is the one source of supplier that a company needs in order to go preservative free in their sprayable products which means that we can offer any part along the supply chain, along the value chain, from the primary packaging that is needed, to Sarah filling services, regulatory and product development services that we can offer in order to really make the product market ready, to make it feasible for the market, and then to produce and deliver the fully serviced finished products towards our customer. So that's like the one big topic that we have. And along that, we made different, let's say, steps that the, the customer can enter. For example, so one would be also very suitable for custom-made formulations. So a customer approaches us and says, he has a very innovative formulation that is not there in the market or has been in the market and he sees the, pers- uh, the potential to go preservative-free. Then he comes to us and we do like the custom development and the custom production for him. If there's, let's say, a company who just wants to add to the portfolio with the preservative-free aspect, but has no individual or innovative formulation behind their plans, then they can come to us and get one of our white label products. So we have fully serviced finished products, be it medical devices, cosmetic products, or now upcoming food supplements in the pipeline where they just basically need to put their own branding on, their own label on, and then the product is ready to go. And they have the advantage to be like in the market with a preservative free product that is proven, that is already fully serviced and they really have not to care about anything else product related or regulatory related. So these are like the big key increments. And the one big topic that made us known 30 years ago, and that is key to provide that service, is our primary packaging. So we have exclusive primary packaging, two systems that we developed our own, and they are exclusively here at UrsaTech. One is called the 3K system, and one is called the comfort system. 3K is the German abbreviation for three germ barriers that is inside the pump. As I said in the quick intro, we have... One of our shareholders, Aeropump, is producing a pump system that has very distinctive protection mechanisms inside that allows to go completely preservative-free. For the 3K system, this is like our most used system or most known system in the market because that is where we have been growing this preservative-free technology over the last 30 years. And I always make the, the example to new customers that even if you might have never heard of Ursatech, at some point in your life, if you have a cough and cold situation and you used just a simple preservative-free nasal spray, be it a simple sea salt nasal spray for cleansing out your nose, it was most likely one of our systems. Yeah, so with these two systems, we have a very, very broad range of pumps for different applications. So not only nasal sprays but also the very first and the unique nasal dropper that is also very suitable for applying medicine to small children as a parent. We have dermal applications, mouth and throat sprayers. So pretty much every part of the human body we can access with our pump versions. Then within that pump versions, we have different dosage sizes that we can offer our clients and different bottle sizes that are available. Just with that primary packaging portfolio, we offer quite an extensive range of customization that the customer can use before even entering the formulation side so they can choose what type of pump what dosage size what bottle size what bottle type to go along with it and from that on then the customization project or the process can already start and one noteworthy thing about the other system the comfort system which is called comfort because it's very easy to apply even upside down because this is a very advanced or more advanced technology in comparison to the 3K system because it uses a back in bottle technology so this is, allows us or the customer even to go completely airless so if there's an oxygen sensitive formulation we can fill it even under nitrogen atmosphere so no O2 contact is made with the formulation inside and that back in bottle technology even allows for upside down application and also for slightly more viscous applications like creams or lotions even. And this is the the primary packaging portfolio that is like the base and the foundation on which we build then these other services like OneSource or the white label products.
1: I really love how you're catering to all of the different needs that your, your customers might have and you're very flexible about what you can offer. And it makes the preservative-free packaging are much more accessible and therefore much more accessible to to the patients, which is, it's really brilliant. Absolutely. So what, if we're going into it in a bit more detail, what are the, what are the actual benefits of having preservative-free products? Why is this such an important thing that uh, Aztec provides?
0: Preservative-free to most people, or from our experience, when we approach new customers, or even if we like first time to time ask end consumers how they see the topic of preservative-free, they just think. It. It's leaving out one of the formulation elements, and then it is the same product. But this is very, very more complex. And in order to understand that, you have to take a different approach and look, what is the actual job of a preservative inside a formulation? And a preservative agent is added to formulation to keep it germ-free, to stop any microbiological growth inside the formulation once like outside air or any other particles are entering into the bottle or the device. So it is a key to keep it safe. But the problem is keeping it safe in that moment means killing living organisms in that formulation. Now, if you take that information and apply it, that you then putting a preserving agent in your nose, for example, that is made to kill living organisms like microbacteria, that is then or shows the scale where it is really, really dangerous to put that inside because then it will not only kill living organisms in that formulation, but also maybe in your body. And we have elaborate studies about the fatal chain reaction that constant use of preserved products can cause. For example, if you have a cough and cold situation and you are going to the, the pharmacy getting a nasal spray, for example, and then on a regular basis use that nasal spray in order to decongest your nose, you think you will do good to your body because you want to get rid of that nasal congestion, Right. But the problem is that you are adding more and more with each shot of that preserving chemicals inside your nose, which then can cause a serious chain reaction. For example, like allergies or people who are already prone to getting any sort of allergies, they might even worse the situation of their overall bodies because they can get susceptible to rhinitis, contact dermatitis, whatever. So chemicals bring a really bad disbalance to your human microbiome and damage your epithelial cells. So this is where we then come in and say, okay, it is possible from a technology point of view to go completely preservative-free and to avoid putting any harmful chemicals in and or inside your body. And that's just applicable for nasal sprays, for example, where it actually enters your body or mouth and throat where you enter your body. But think of cosmetics. Most people on a daily basis use cosmetics and they rub it into the skin and Hardly ever do you check if there's any like preserving agent inside of a cosmetic. And that is, you know, on on a constant basis, you can actually get very prone to allergies or you might even start to react to a certain product, which is in 90% of cases related to a chemical agent that is designed to be a preserving agent within that formulation.
1: That's really interesting. You don't really realize how much it could affect your your day-to-day life when you're just, you you know, you're given these products and, and you don't really think about all of those those little elements that go into it. And yeah, like you say, how it affects your whole microbiome. So why is it important that businesses work together in this field I and mean, you work closely with your your customers and suppliers, things like that? And how is Ursatech supporting others to do this too?
0: It is a rather elaborate process to set up such a preservative-free product. It's not just leaving out one chemical and then, uh, you know, going on as as you used to. But you need a very, very elaborate process already, starting from the, the production of the pumps, which needs to be under clean room conditions, elaborate sterilization process. You need clean room class A conditions for the sterile filling. And you need to be very transparent and to be very in-depth in every part of your supply chain to ensure that this product lives up to the highest standards, because that is how we then ensure that the product is safe for the end user to use. So that means we cannot rely on just any supplier within our supply chain, but every supplier has to be properly made transparent. We need to take a look. Are they capable of doing all the, the, the parts of the process that are needed from their side? And does their service fit in the whole concept of our supply chain? So that means we have to build very strong partnerships, very strong alliances with laboratories, with filling partners, with distribution partners, what not everybody needs to do their part in order to keep that high quality value chain alive and to carry on that spirit. Because just one weak link might affect the whole security of the whole product. And this is where we come into play as as a connector of different, let's say, knowledge centers that we need within that, that supply chain. And on the other hand, Usatec is in a very lucky position to have like multiple positions within our supply chain or within our network. Once connecting all those knowledge centers in order to deliver a very safe and a very elaborate product to the end consumer. But uh, on the other hand, we are also acting as a consultant. As I said, with just 30 years of experience, we can even take some people on the hand and say, if you want to advance further in the topic of preservative free sprayable products, then we can give you advice or we can partner up with you. We can help you support any developments that you might have coming up. And same as, for example, with our shareholder situation, we are always customers and suppliers at the same time. So it's not a one way or linear relation that we have within our supply chain. but. A very, let's say, diverse and back and forth kind of exchange that we have with every partner in that supply chain. If we just, you know, would go for, let's say, um, a laissez-faire attitude and say, okay, we, we just order product X, then we put it into the, the the next part of the supply chain and so on, and we wouldn't control or wouldn't check in what we are doing there. That would be, you know, at least to the to the legal. Uh, requirements that wouldn't even be possible. So we, from a legal point of view and from our own quality perception and our own quality demand that we have to ourselves, we have to adhere to very high standards and to establish long-term partnerships with, with our customers, with our suppliers, with all of our partners in order to also spread the idea of preservative and to show that it works and that it is actually an added value as opposed to the conventional preserved products that are still out there on the market. And at some markets even might still have like a bit of the upper hand. So we have like an educational purpose in the market as well, you know, to show it works and it can be done and it actually brings more value to your overall health and to your overall consumption of cosmetics, medical devices and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's really important. And I think um and like you say sort of the education side of things i think having where you where you're sat in the in the chain yourselves you have the the value of having those different perspectives which i think is great too because it means that you can use that to help it's sort of like like a two way thing you know you're educating others and being educated at the same time by just having all of those different perspectives and yeah i think that's really important and like you say to sort of move the industry forward i think that's really key So Urstech, as you said at the start, is celebrating their 30-year anniversary, which is very exciting. So how are you marking the occasion, and what would you say are UrsaTech's biggest achievements up until this this milestone?
0: The achievements throughout these 30 years are almost countless to, to enumerate now, but we have chosen not only one like, single date within this whole year to, to celebrate that achievement of 30 years. But we have decided to make it like a year round occasion and to also be present with that in our online marketing or like in our product presentations and everywhere we can show that we have now 30 years of experience with over 1 billion u- units sold in the market s- since then accumulated. That is something that we do not want to restrain to just one certain event, although we have that event coming in the year. But we wanted to make a year-round experience and to, to share that joy that we have of being now 30 years the, the innovation leader and the market leader in Preservative free But also, there has to be a party, and there has to be a celebration, of course. And so this coming September, we have a big event planned. We will bring together all our suppliers, customers partners, shareholders, everybody who was alongside with us for the last 30 years, helping us going preservative-free to make preservative-free big in the in the market. And we just use that occasion to, to simply say, say thank you to everybody and thank them for the support, for all the input they gave. As you just said, it's all based on exchange. So we always learn from them. They always learn from us. And we also use that occasion to deepen the network because maybe we can introduce some partners who haven't been working together already or up till now and then maybe new projects will also come from that and so we we really want to you know show the network introduce people and give the opportunity for everybody to grow that's in with us into that network and the the one funny thing is or the one interesting thing about that, is not just going to be a celebration as such but also like a one-day retrospect of where we have come and we really want to show where it all started, how it came about, how uh, like the first, we also have product drawings, like beautiful hand-drawn product sketches that are 30 years old and even marked with a little date that we can say these sketches are 30 years old. And, you know, this is where we started. This is how the product was once thought it could look like this. And now we have like product XYZ that looks like this. And this is like showing the evolution, showing where we have come from, what we have learned, how we have grown how our partners have grown so this is like a really big occasion for us i'm very very proud being able to celebrate with so many friends and partners
1: i love that i love the sketches that you have that that's really nice that would give such a good uh, sense of achievement it really it's like a really tangible thing to show uh, yeah and you can you can be really proud of that's lovely And I love the logic behind this as well. I think when I turn 30, I'd definitely like a year-long celebration.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would wish you had that. That was an awesome
1: idea. Yeah, (laughs) I'm definitely going to be using that. (laughs) Okay, so you say that sustainability is at some of the core of your values, and it comes part and parcel in some of the the production. So could you please share how Ercitech contributes to sustainability throughout the value chain?
0: Um Sustainability is a big topic because sustainability as a topic in, I think, every branch and every industry today is growing on a daily basis, so it becomes more important every day. As we are also active in the cosmetics industry, we see that the sustainability part is very, very elaborate already within the cosmetic industry because everybody is trying to get recycled products or more nature centered, more, you know, natural ingredients. So that is very ingrained and very established already there. But the big problem is that our core industry or like our biggest field of experience is within the pharmaceutical industry it is very centered around making the product safe. For us, it is making sure that we have transparency about, along every step of the value chain or every step of the supply chain. So a topic like uh, using recycled plastics just is not possible for us from a legal point of view because we are in the responsibility to have batch traceability and to have like transparency on where that the, the granular plastic come from. Should there be a case of you know any complaint that, that should arise. We always had a completely safe microbiological product that is that is good. But in order to keep it that way, we cannot not now just because sustainability becomes a thing go and use recycled plastic. That just won't work. So we had to find another approach and in order to to really deal with that topic we founded an internal sustainability team consisting of four people. So we have two people from our regulatory and product development team. We have one from our project management team and myself from the the marketing and sales perspective to really make it like a product and customer-centered approach towards sustainability because we do not want to add to this whole greenwashing that is out there. You know, just make it look good, but there's no substance behind it. So we really want to go in-depth and to really ingrain the sustainability topic within our products. Now, how do we do that because recycling is not or using already recycled products is is not a feasible solution for us so we decided we go with compensation because we have to use plastics and we know that we use plastics we will be doing so and that in itself is not a bad thing because plastic is first and foremost is a very great and a very good raw material to work with and it will have its future for sure as long as you have like a very you know, clear and responsible use of plastic. And as long as you are making your thoughts about how the value chain and the supply chain has to look after using the plastic and how it will continue even after the the end consumer has used the product. So we have then all brought these ideas together. And we were, went in for a product carbon footprint check. So we did that for the primary packaging. And I'm now at the moment doing it for the finished products that we offer. So we can say, okay, product X has such and such output and carbon emissions. And we then offer that to either our customers and say, if you want to buy that product, we give you the option to go carbon free in order to for him to compensate the emission load. Or we do it just ourselves in order that the, the product really comes out as a green product in the end. That is like a certified way of going sustainable, but we also have taken other steps because that topic is very serious for us. And for example, we have last year grown a company forest together with our local commune, where we took 6,000 square feet of forest area that has been infected with bark beetles. And we have replanted and reforested forested that with, I think, over 600 trees, if I'm not mistaken. So in order to get like biodiversity back at it again, this is not a certified project. This is nothing that we can add on the, the carbon emission uh, load that we do with the, with our products. This is like completely goodwill and on top because this is we want to be engaged locally and to really do something that, as I said, really has an output, like a green output and will deliver a good result. Last but not least, the one thing that we are really, really proud of is because, as I said earlier, we have like this special shareholder situation where our shareholders are the also the domain uh, suppliers of ours. We connected them in a completely virtual challenge because COVID in parts last year still was uh, going strong. And so we did a completely digital and virtual challenge where we connected all four companies on a digital map in a little heart shape and then made it like a fundraiser challenge. And everybody, according to their own personal abilities, could run along that track just by, let's say, walking your dog in the evening or going for a morning jog. You would just record that distance and then via an app, you just translated it to that that digital roadmap. And then you would advance digitally on that, that map. So we're in essence, you know, over the course of four months, have rounded that course so many times that we always almost equaled, I think, 200,000 kilometers, if I'm not mistaken, with I think over 160 people that were partaking from all four companies, and that being a fundraiser, of course, we had like a sustainable cost to support. We almost raised 30,000 euros for the German Institute for Ocean Plastic Recycling with that money are now starting to build an educational platform, a digital educational platform uh, in order to make awareness of how valuable plastic use can be. And that should bring together teaching people, industry professionals and students, everybody who wants to enter using plastics can then do so via that platform, being educated on how to use plastics, how to Recycle plastics even though it's just not applicable for our industry doesn't mean it is not interesting for other industries that can very well work with recycled plastics and first and foremost that uh, platform is also centered for teachers as i said to really get that knowledge and that sustainable thinking into the german schools which i think is like the the biggest leverage that you can get within sustainability to get the education early on and then to raise the next generations of industry experts and plastic experts to really think in another way about using plastic and to make it sustainable and to make it recyclable for example
1: yeah I really love that it's more than just a tick box yeah it's really really nice to hear I love that that's a really big part of the ethos at, at tech. that's really really heartening
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and we have to take a proactive approach same as we did 30 years ago with you know taking the proactive approach on a more healthy and a more you know, advanced way because preservatives 30 years ago were like the common standard and was a tech and then said, okay, this is not where we should be headed. Same is now with the sustainability. So if we want to, to really offer this sustainability in the future as a core element of our service, we have to start now and we have to really get into this, as I said, the carbon offset, the compensation match, methods, certified compensations and education as well, and really to make it valuable and to add value to what we're doing.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So talking about the future in that respect as well, what future trends and things do you think will be particularly important in the future of preservative-free products?
0: I think the, the future is, you know, there's two main lines of, of developments that we will see in the future. One is like, as I said, in as in other cos- industries like the cosmetics industry, it is like a very ingrained, already established point to be preservative free to be like very close to personal well-being, to fitness, to personal health. And I think that awareness and that mindset of, of the consumers will grow definitely so that at some point in the near future preservative free will be the benchmark against you have to measure you know every other product in your portfolio. That is not a trend that will happen overnight and that will not happen within this year or even the next five years. Because for still for many, many markets throughout the world, this is still new and this is nothing that they have ever heard of. So once again, this is like our educational uh, job that we have to do and to make people aware that there's a better solution and to make it accessible for all the B2B markets, for all the B2B companies, all the B2B brands that are out there and to really make it accessible to the end consumer. But... Along with the change of the mindset of the people, I think that will then drag along you know the, the demand for such products. So I think at some point when there's a change in mind shift, there will be also a change in demand and like uh, in consumer habits of people that this will be more or less not a job for us to educate people, but that they will educate themselves and that they will you know pro- also then proactively be looking for such products and to be like more on the innovative side. On the other hand, there's one thing that is also a big topic throughout every industry today is digitalization and, you know, constant product development. And this is where I definitely see the first innovations coming, uh, especially for digitalization. You know, it's not just going paperless in the office, but also in just like a very conservative industry, like the pharmaceutical industry. There are first app-based technologies that are coming to market and the best example that I can give is a cooperation project that we have with an American company, 10x Beta, which have developed a device that is, or a smart device that is based around our nasal spray, for example. And they have the first app and connected device out there that enables the physician to always monitor the, the intake of their patients. And the patient has a device that is only Unlockable, like for the prescribed amount and per day by a fingerprint reader, the device is unlocked and then it just gives off the, the prescribed dose. And then after that, the device is locked until the physician, you know, re-prescribes that dose again. So the digital connection between you know the product, the patient and the physician is now coming. With first project like this, this will definitely grow in the future. I'm very, very sure of that. And also for us as a, as a primary packaging manufacturer, it is always the job to be innovative with our products. So not to say we have like a nasal spray, for example, for the last 30 years, and just because nothing's wrong with it doesn't mean we doesn't have to change it. And for example, we did like minor changes in the spraying nozzles that allow us for very, very fine misnabelization that even can, for example, pass the blood brain barrier so that we can also now get more effectively into uh, the system of the end user and to apply medicine more effectively so that ultimately also will add up to like more added value and more benefits for the consumer and the end user so that ultimately you know taking in medical devices or cosmetic products will add more benefits to them in their daily lives and this is where we have to adhere to where we have to to put our focus on And together with the mindset of people, this will then grow and grow step by step over the coming years.
1: Definitely. I think you've definitely got a growth mindset at Ursa Tech. And you always seem to be looking for those new innovations and how to improve products, which I think is really, really important. We've mentioned before the phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Doesn't? uh, Yeah, not not a fan of Ursa Tech. uh, You want to push those boundaries, which is really brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dominic. That's been a really lovely conversation. And I'm so pleased to have learned a bit more about us tech. (laughs)
0: Likewise, was a pleasure for having me. Thanks once again. And yeah, it it was really great to be a part of this. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you once again to uh, Dominic Rocky for joining me there on that podcast. I thought it was really brilliant to get to know a bit more about Ursa Tech and to join in with celebrating the 30 year anniversary. I particularly enjoyed learning about all the different ways how Ursa Tech help throughout the whole value chain across the industry with their partners and customers, and also getting to know about how they're supporting their community through sustainable initiatives. And looking towards educating the future generations. I hope you all enjoy the podcast. If you want to keep up with our content, please subscribe to the newsletter at CPHI Online and remember to listen to all of our other episodes from the CPHI podcast series.
0: Thank you for listening to the CPHI podcast series. For pharmaceutical news, webinars, events and more, visit cphionline.com.